I'm Kyle. I'm Orion. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and apparently two co-hosts this time around uh, introduce each other to films, and in this way, we catch up on our cinema. Uh, So it is the month of January 2021, and uh, it looks like we're doing Video Game Movies Month. Um, Basically, what we're going to be doing this uh, month around is uh, we're going to be taking a look at some video game adaptations uh, that would be movies representing pre-established franchises in the form of video games and whatnot. Uh, So to kick things off, uh, we're going to be taking a look at Christoph Gans's uh, adaptation of Silent Hill from 2006. Um, And one of the first things I'd I'd like to talk about uh, for this episode is uh, being as Silent Hill is a, I don't even know how many entries there are in the franchise. It's a multi-decade spanning video game series. Um, I figure we should just air things out and like get a feel for where we're all at in terms of our familiarity um, with the series. Um, so Kyle, um, I know for a fact you're the one that probably has the least connection to the series, but um, do you have any connection or any background or familiarity with Silent Hill? Yeah, I, I have absolutely no uh, no experience with this. I've never played the game. Uh, the only thing I've ever played is a little bit of Resident Evil, and I think Dead Space was another one I've played, so games similar to Silent Hill, but... Uh, Silent Hill proper, I've never had any experience with. Okay, see, I think that's fascinating because um, as far as like horror franchises go in the world of gaming, I think it's actually one of the series that you might like mm-hmm. connect to a bit more um, because it's more like pure horror in a lot of ways. Like Dead Space and Resident Evil, the two that you mentioned, the huge distinction is you do have weapons in Silent Hill, um, but the amount of ammo allotted to you and the situations you're put in combat is very rarely the the best option. Um, whereas Dead Space, there are certain there's tons of scenes where the objective is to clear the room. You can't advance the story without clearing the room uh, with force. And same with Resident Evil. Most of the Resident Evil games, um, actually, the first one's a little bit of an exception. Like they generally are pretty good about giving you enough ammunition to handle most situations. Uh, but Silent Hill, your your player characters are almost always um, kind of kind of wimpy, <laughs> like like they're not they're not properly equipped to deal with you know the the depths of hell or or whatever the hell it is Silent Hill's supposed to represent. <laughs> so I think you might like even if you didn't enjoy playing it, I think watching the games uh, that just the atmosphere, the vibe of it would probably be more appealing to you in general. I started to get that sense because uh, the movie itself had a lot of atmosphere. Like, I was actually getting creeped out a couple of times. I was surprised. I'm like, 2006 video game movie? I'm like, this is actually working for me. Yeah. No, I I feel like we're going to have a lot of, like, small compliments to pay this movie in the form of things like that. But um, how about you, Orion? Like, what's your connection to Silent Hill, uh, the video Uh, games? Yeah, uh, well... For me, like I grew up playing Silent Hill. Like um, I wouldn't. I'm not, you know, not an expert or anything, but I'm a fan for sure. And uh, yeah, that's. I was just. I would just play it for my. <laughs> funny enough, older brother. My older brother would. Uh, it was like the first uh, let's play. I would wait for him to come home from work because he, he he actually had the job and he would buy me video games for him to watch for me to play. And Silent <laughs> Hill was one of them, and it scarred us deeply. um how about how old do you think you were when you were playing that oh geez i don't know um pretty young like maybe like 12 
Was it? 12 or 13? I mean, it came out in like 99, I think. 99. The first one, anyway. Yeah, so in, back in 99. Yeah, um, at, <laughs> brothers are great for exposing you to, to video games, that's for sure. But um, that's that's neat that you guys would kind of play it together. Like yeah, me and my was, brother do that sometimes too. He's my original <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> but um, so you played the first one when it was new. Um, yeah. But I know I know for a fact that the second one is probably the one you. I want to say you like it most, or at least you've played it the most. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was one of those things where the sequel was actually, I'd say, better, but. It grew. The, the, it grew actually instead of you know falling off and becoming worse. But uh, yeah, the number two was probably probably my favorite one. Number one was of course you know great in its own right, but number two is probably my favorite one. Cause just out of like you know the the graphics were better and the, the controls were better and just like everything else like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's a little bit of a debate as to which of the first three Silent Hills are are the best. Um, cause it seems like there's, there's people that rally behind each of them. Although yeah. it seems to be generally agreed that it's one of the three, like the, yeah. I hate to say it, but Silent Hill has kind of like turned to shit like, yeah. in, 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 in more recent days. Like the first three are like indisputably good. Yeah. And the then first, after that, yeah. it gets kind of like, I actually like the fourth one. Like I like the room, the room, like, yeah. Silent Hill for the room. I actually kind of like that. Like Orion, folks at home, you can't see it. Orion's making a stink face, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like it. It's quirky. It's extraordinarily Japanese, but in, say, in a charming way. I would say the atmosphere is so much more oppressive, and and like the comp combat, which is like we were saying, you you, keep, you you just have to run from everything in the first one. The combat, the atmosphere. Um, are much better than than the second one but in the second one i think the story and the acting weirdly enough like even though it's so stunted and weird it's like you you get drawn in because you're like what is wrong with these people like why are they acting so weird and funny and it's like you know they're in like in hell limbo or something but yeah number two is better for storyline number one's better for you know yeah, it's ambiance. Yeah, I, I would agree. Actually, the first one in particular is pretty aggressive in in how in how mean the environments are. Like yeah. the this this movie wisely kind of borrows a lot of the visual like motifs, like the the it set designs and whatnot. Well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, chain link fences and a lot of rust. Oh, also, what <laughs> I noticed uh, while I'm thinking about it because I'll forget. Have, did you notice the camera angles? Absolutely. The camera angles are just taken out of the first video game and into the movie. Mm-hmm. And really, I was like, okay, wow, I didn't even really notice that. But like the, the top down, the weird Dutch angle or whatever, and walking through the halls, like the, the not, not halls, alleyways, like it mm-hmm. was it was really done well. Yeah, um, Kyle, the, the first 20 minutes of this movie, um, when we first get to Silent Hill and we have our first creature encounter mm-hmm. in like the playground area, it kind of looks like. Um, it's all the shriveled little what's-its. <laughs> um, the lead up to that sequence when we first enter Silent Hill, um, there are tons of camera angles and camera movements, like crane shots that Orion was describing that are literally ripped from the opening minutes of the first Silent Hill game. Gotcha. 
Um, and seeing this movie in the theater and catching that felt pretty fucking cool. Like, well, like he's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I was like, I was like a teenager at the time, and I'm just like, oh my god, this guy gets it. <laughs> I think he played the game. <laughs> yeah, um, folks at home, we, we had a little uh, pre-recording chat, and one thing that Orion kept emphasizing was that, you know, this is an example of a video game movie where they really tried, um, and it's details like that that are representative of that, yeah. of that effort of like actually trying to get the adhere to the source material like almost to a crazy degree where it's like wow you really match that camera movement to that ps1 game from 1999 which, <laughs> like, which gives it a feeling like it really does give it like a uh off-putting feeling but um as for me um and my connection to silent hill um pretty similar to yours orion um i think i only rented the first game and it scared the, it scared the fuck out of me uh, I, I was probably even younger than you when you played it um and i think i got to this i got past the school i got to the first boss so i definitely killed the basilisk it's a big lizard thing that you got yeah. shoot in the mouth oh, so yeah. i definitely got i got to see what happened to the cat um that was a fun that was a fun scare in a in an old ps1 game where it's like there's a little locker full of blood and i think the first time you open it in the normal world a cat jumps out and then the second yeah. time it's like oh that's a juiced cat <laughs> but um i never finished that one but i i really appreciated my time with it and the second one i played with you yeah. kind of you kind of walked me through it because i got stuck a couple times in that fucking apartment complex <laughs> dude that, um, yeah Unnecessary. yeah it's a little labyrinthian <laughs> the map is a little funky uh and the controls aren't the best in that game but i appreciate my time with it and I'll, I'll get to why when we actually start talking about the movie a bit more but um the third one has been a big mystery to me that some people think it's like one of the best ones but i i've never touched it um, I own the fourth one for whatever fuckery. <laughs> the room, but <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't, I don't even, I, I don't even think I even finished it. I didn't like it. the The, the room had a serious problem with puzzles, where you would just like be scratching your head and be like, "You want me to do what?" <laughs> it, it's like that fat guy in Jaws. A what? <laughs> it's like it's a tiger shark. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it it was pretty bad. Like the inventory management in particular. Like you could soft lock that game so easily. Like the I actually remember the first time I tried to beat that game, I fucked up by carrying the wrong items into like a boss area that I didn't know was going to be a boss area. Yeah. And then my save file was stuck right there, <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I have to start over not today <laughs> but um anyway we should probably get to the movie proper because i could go on and on about the series um the last thing i'll just say about the silent hill series is i did mention that uh kind of went downhill and a lot of that seems to be attributed mm. to um most of the development being handed off to other studios like third, the, third the party, development yeah. team for all the earlier games uh they all went their separate ways to the point that um, unlike a lot of other huge gaming franchises, especially Japanese gaming franchises, Silent Hill doesn't really have a dad or a mom. Mm. Like you, usually, there's like a big name, like a Hideo Kojima, like for Metal Gear. In this case, 
it, it's not it's indie it's just like it was it was a collective of people it was a team, team I think it was called, yeah it was team silent <laughs> and then they all went their separate ways and then they handed off development duties to like american studios and european studios and they all just they done fucked it up <laughs> like like hey i have an idea let's hand let's make a protagonist a marine who's skilled with all forms of weapons that seems <laughs> right for our horror franchise kyle's putting his hand up what you got a question, bud? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you phrase that. Uh, no, is this is it kind of a puzzle game? Because that, that was going to be my follow-up question. Uh, it has... Okay. It's it's not I would, what I would call puzzle games. Like no. the... Not... They're really simple. But... Um, so it's, it's... There is puzzles, but it's not a puzzle game. It is kind of like a how do I get around and... And find the find the the blue tile. Stick it. It's a scavenger. That maybe that's yeah, yeah, maybe that's more what it's not like portal puzzle game, but like yeah, it's no, more of a no, scavenger yeah. hunt. That's I think the yeah, word it, I'm looking for. I think that's the best way to phrase it. It's a, it's a scavenger hunt it's, in that you run into obstacles that require additional items or something. Okay. So it forces you to explore other parts of the map, find whatever thingamabobby that you need to stuff into into the whatever the fuck, <laughs> and then it's, it's and then you evil can evil light. Okay. Yeah, except it's like. Uh, like I, I don't know if you said this on the recording or not, but it has a little bit of like a Twin Peaks vibe to it, where th- like they go to great lengths to make sure nothing quite adds up. Mm. So like the the puzzle solutions end up always being cryptic and completely illogical. Like the the one that co- that comes to mind, Orion. Maybe you remember this uh, because you were there with me. Um, you need to take a wad of hair, tie it to oh. a fish hook. And yeah. stuff it down a drain hole to, to get, get a key. key. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, like, the only clue that you get that there's something even in there is that the camera fixates on it. And it's like, well, I guess I need to put my hand in there. <laughs> it's like, but my arm's too short. It's like, well, I think I need to take a wad of hair and tie it to a fish hook. That seems logical. <laughs> yeah. It's shit like that, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I don't know if you have played any, like, old school adventure games where it's just like, uh, the rule of thumb in those point-and-click games was just, like, take whatever you have in your inventory and a- attempt to stuff it into everything in the room until it works. <laughs> after, <laughs> like, after, after you try to combine it with everything you, in your inventory. Yes, if there's a combine button, try to combine everything <laughs> and do it. <laughs> um, but anyway, we should probably get to the movie itself. <laughs> <You can. laughs> uh, so, the, uh, I guess... Uh, first thing to talk about would be the director because uh, i think this guy is kind of fascinating uh, i he has an interesting skill set as a director um he is he is very french i am french um christophe Gans. um so taking a look at his filmography here um he has something called silver slime which is apparently like uh, a tribute to mario bava who did a lot of like uh, giallo films so a type of italian horror um, he did a segment on H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Necronomicon film. Kyle, I, I've I've put that on the list as like a potential episode someday. Okay. Um, I was thinking, I, I don't know, maybe you would have strong feelings against it, being as you actually have a lot mm-hmm. of appreciation for the source material. But um, folks at home, you're probably not aware, Kyle is a Lovecraft fan. Uh, he does like his writing. Not the man himself, no. but his, the product. <laughs> Let's get that straight. This is published on the internet. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it would bug you uh, to watch like film adaptations of his work or something. But I was thinking we could do like a Lovecraft month some sometime. 
Yeah, I'm finding that it's loose adaptations of Lovecraft's work that I tend to I tend to like. Uh, when it's when okay. it says H.P. Lovecraft on it, I'm like, this is good chance this is not going to be good. Uh, Necronomicon is not good, yeah. but it is an anthology series, and it does have Jeffrey Combs in it. Of course, it does. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it it's actually kind of neat. Some of the directors who were involved in that. I would watch it based on that. Jeffrey Combs is in. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I'll I'll one up Jeffrey Combs. Julian Sands is in it. <laughs> um, that would be the fella from um, uh, Naked Lunch. Uh, the fella that was hitting on oh, Peter yes, 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 They had yes, lunch, yes, they had lunch yes. together in Paris gotcha. or something. Anyway, and moving on, uh, he also has Crying Freeman right after that, which uh, is a Mark Dacascos, uh manga adaptation. So it's French director of a Japanese comic book. Hmm. Um, it's an interesting like 90s action film. Uh, funny enough, the director actually served as fight coordinator. That's kind of impressive. Um, but the big one that uh, he's probably most famous for is uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, uh, which I've brought up on the show before. I didn't have a whole lot of good to say about it, um, but I just remember it came out at exactly the right point in time because it was 2001. Uh, it's a French film. Mark Dacascos is in there as a, a uh, Native American martial arts expert. Um, sure. Did you say <laughs> um, uh, 2001. Ooh, it's a little too late for that. Yeah. But see, the thing is, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I believe, came out the year before. And the year before that, we had The Matrix. Um, so, wire foo and kung fu of any kind, especially with slow motion, was all the rage with the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, here we have a French foreign film featuring martial arts in a period setting. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, the critics ate it up. Uh, it's a strange movie. I don't think it's that great, but it, it came out exactly the right time. Huh. Um but the one thing that's consistent across this guy's filmography is what uh, both Kyle and Orion were talking about. From a visual standpoint, this guy knows his shit. Um, this guy can put some pretty solid images on the screen. Um, he knows how to move the camera. He knows how to make pretty pictures. Um, and Brotherhood of the Wolf certainly had that. Crying Freeman has a bit of that. Necronomicon, he didn't have enough money. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the long and the short of it. Um, but this one, I think, is still kind of kind of gorgeous at times like, yeah regardless of the budget which i think was like 50 million or something uh, they got a lot done there's a certain yeah. there's a certain yeah. year cutoff that you just have to give the cgi a pass just like yeah it was good for the time and this is one of those i'm like it's not great now but at the time it, like it, it holds up yeah. it's not awful yeah yeah i think that's a fair assessment like it it does hold up um there's some effects that are still very very passable like yeah i, I still like melting. yes that's that's exactly what came to my mind was um transitioning into the fog world Great. or the other world yeah. um the shot like in the in the uh, school bathroom yep um, when the whole world is changing around her that that's a green screen effect that you know it still looks pretty fucking good it doesn't look as good the other way around <laughs> but um it's it, it's pretty it's pretty impressive given that with cg from 2006 on a low budget um, and then on top of that, you also have a lot of practical effects that are disguised by a little bit of CGI here and there. Like a lot of the monsters are actually men in suits and men and women in suits, um, just doctored a little bit with, uh, with CG here and there. And for the most part, they still look pretty good. Yeah. I thought, I thought the, um, that guy, um, what's his name? 
had it showed a little pit tag but the oh, guy like colin, tied up colin colin yeah, the guy tied up in the, the bathroom or whatever like it looked gross like it looked good and yeah like yeah. when she had to reach into his mouth and stuff and there was like barbed wire and you could tell it's actual like barbed wire oh that was like yeah. it was metal as hell that was solid yeah that was like <laughs> it it, it kind of reminded me of uh um event horizon that kind mm-hmm. of vibe with like the practical effects and the and the kind of yeah. body horror thing going on like I was like, oh, we're pretty well done. And she was getting a key out of his mouth, which is definitely on, on brand. Yeah, how did she well, know to do kind that? What's kind of fun? Yeah, <laughs> that that's yeah. the way the way <laughs> Orion put it on brand is that's unfortunately correct. <laughs> um, something that Orion and I were talking about before we recorded was um, just like the way this movie is bad, like it is still silent hill <laughs> like, like there's certain aspects to the script not not necessarily the dialogue which we will certainly get to but like this the plot progression like the way characters make leaps in logic is strange and has no logic to it whatsoever but mm. it's very silent hill but does that bother <laughs> it's you just as, like does that bother you as a viewer knowing the game like I, I've talked about you. I talked about this, like with Lord of the Rings. Like, there's certain gaps that Peter Jackson doesn't fill in the theatrical version because he's like, people who haven't read the books are going to get it. People that have read the books don't need to be told. So for me, I was like, how did she know to go into his mouth to pick something up or like pick up random things? I'm like, I'm thinking back to playing those scavenger hunt games. I'm like, oh, it's it's that kind of thing. Like she just knows that she has to get it. But that's because yeah. I, I'm familiar with those kind. Does that bother you as like watching the film? I, I think he did it well because the camera angle showed like, uh, so, camera angle showed like gold glinting in the guy's mouth from a, like, uh, forced per- perspective, and that's exactly how the game did it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you needed to grab something out of this, or if you needed to do something with it, it would, the camera would s- stick on it, and then there would be a glint, and the way he, the director did it was perfect. And so it didn't bother me because he did it well. It doesn't bother me. I, yeah. I knew what they were getting at. And it's like, it doesn't matter how she knows how to do it. You're going to shit your pants in two minutes when that guy comes out of the stall alive. So don't even yeah. worry about why she was there. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's a funny little detail that um, Kyle had, had shared with us before we started recording that um, the way Mr. Gans uh, got this gig, uh, he he took it upon himself to kind of like proposition uh, the game studio. Uh, so he approached Konami, uh, the, the people who own the, you know, the IP, uh, and he shot a short film on his own dime. I, I like choreographed to the music from the games and whatnot. So he, he really wanted this gig. He was very passionate about it. Um, and it's details like that, like obsessive, weird details like that, that show how much he, he appreciates and knows these games. Um, because what Orion was saying, that is how those games work, is there's a there's a button you can press. It's like a, a general interact button. And you maneuver through the environment, and if there's anything meaningful to be said about anything you're nearby at the time you're pressing that button, like the camera angle will shift and sh- just show you a like kind of a glamour angle of whatever it is you need to pay attention to. Um, and in this case, not only do we have, you know, a glint in the guy's mouth, we also have uh, graffiti all over the wall behind him saying, like, dare you, double dare you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like beckoning her to approach it. And the one thing about being a, a person who plays games, a.k.a. a gamer, um, a lot of gamer types are very uh, 
like OCD about things, like not, not from a clinical standpoint, but it's, it's tense. You tend to have a lot of compulsive habits Mm -hmm. and a lot of that involves mashing that interact button, like every step of the way. uh, So you don't miss anything. And a lot of the way this, the plot progresses in this movie is weird bullshit like that. Like, like uh, the whole plot centers around a mom trying to find her lost adopted daughter and the way we go from place to place in this town exploring is she finds fucking drawings on the floor yeah. and says, Oh, I guess we gotta go to the hotel. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. What's, what's funny is like, Oh, I gotta go from bus stop to bus stop to make sure I'm at the right street. <laughs> I'm sure the director made sure to get the street signs exactly yeah. right to the game. He had yeah. to, I'm sure. You know what's funny is in the, <laughs> in the game, uh, the way the way you the way you know to go to the school is you find a piece of paper in a back alley that says to school <laughs> and that's it <laughs> that's and it then, and then you hear the voiceover of uh what's his name he goes oh i guess i gotta go to the school and that, <laughs> that's how you know yeah yeah uh, a lot of the plot progression in the game and the movie kind of matches up in that way and i'll never forget that puzzle in the second game so the laundry chute is clogged. What do I need to clear this? A bunch of Coke cans. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's what it was. You threw a bunch it's of like, cans. It's like you there. couldn't just like shove the wad of clothes down. It's like, nope, I need a bunch of Coke cans. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> I think my favorite one, though, is in like, I think it's two. And it legitimately freaked me out, which is kind of weird because it's like, you know, it's just a goofy game. But it's that one where you have to reach into the hole. Yes, yes. That's and, a, yeah. Yeah. And it's just well, like, actually, that's important to bring up, because reaching into the hole may as well be reaching into the, the, the guy's mouth, you know, yeah. rotted custodian's mouth. Um, Kyle, what were you saying? I was say, I must have been a fly on the wall uh, for somebody playing that game, because I remember uh, a game doing that. Oh, well, it may have been Silent Hill 2, because I'm pretty sure it was in that one. It may have been in the apartment complex segment as well, I think. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was probably near, like, the, the clock puzzle or something around there. Um, but I uh, forgot to give a plot rundown, as I tend to do. Oh, uh, <laughs> I may as well do that. <laughs> uh, so the basic uh, plot of this movie here, uh, Silent Hill, is uh, we have... A lovely couple, as represented by uh, Rada Mitchell, who is not from Australia. Not at all. Like, <laughs> no, God, no. You would never guess from the way she talks. No, she is certainly from Middle America. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, she's from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> or, or Maine, yeah. She is. <laughs> but, um, and Sean Bon, Sean Bean, Sean mm. Bean uh, is her husband. Um, and the two of them... Uh, have an adoptive daughter who in the very beginning of the movie we discover uh, is sleepwalking Um, and we see that uh, she kind of blacks out and goes sleepwalking and while she's in this trance she calls out Silent Hill Silent Hill Um, and so mom decides it's a it's a location she does find it on the map somewhere in the United States in this case it's West Virginia uh, in the games, it's Maine, apparently, which would make sense. You know, Stephen King shit. Maine is a creepy place, apparently. <laughs> like, he made it creepy. Most haunted place in the U.S. Yeah, Stephen King fucked Maine forever yeah. <laughs> for he everyone. Yeah, but um, anyway, she uh, spirits her child away, uh, unbeknownst to 006, uh, 
and <laughs> basically she wants to take her child to this Silent Hill place in the hopes that maybe it'll resolve some trauma of some sort. And then Mary mishaps ensue. Sean Bean's yeah. adversary is trying to do an American accent in this movie because he's doing worse than she is. See, that's why I brought that up. Um, and we may as well talk about that. <laughs> so um, a thing about this movie is that... So we have Christoph Gans directing this film. He is very French. I am French. <laughs> and uh, apparently it's confirmed at the time of filming this, his uh, command of the English language was not the best. Um, in particular, writing, which I believe he was involved in, uh, to the point that they had to bring in other folks to like help him <laughs> like localize his own script, you know, because they're going to be filming it in English. Um, and when it comes to directing actors in a foreign language, you may not have all the tools at your disposal to get the best performances out of people, being as it's not a language you're terribly familiar with and whatnot. Um, and on top of that, we have Rada Mitchell, who, again, is not Australian. I swear it. <laughs> she's, she is, <laughs> yeah, she, she's totally Australian. You can tell every step of the way. Uh, she can't hide it at all. You have Sh Sean Bean, who is from the uk and you know it yeah. for sure and then everyone else in the cast is canadian and then you have alice Kriege, who is coming in from who the fuck knows what other movie because she <laughs> came to fucking play when everybody else here is wearing fucking clown shoes because yeah alice Kriege always owns everything she comes on to um and i believe she's south african uh, so you have all these people from all these different places with all these different accents. And it's like, it's perfect. what the fuck are we doing here? It's perfect. It's, perfect. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Off. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And to add another wrinkle to that. So, again, French director, not his, not his first language, maybe not even his second language. Debatable. <laughs> On top of that, uh, you also have this being a Japanese IP. So um, video game adaptations of films, and this is going to be something we're probably going to talk about for every episode this month. <laughs> um, a big reason why they're probably difficult to manage as films is that uh, you have a lot of people to answer to while you're making the film. Um, like Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo was breathing down that whole production's neck the entire time. Street Fighter, same fucking deal. Capcom was all over that. Um, I don't I don't know if uh, all video game companies are this way, but I know for a fact Japanese companies in particular seem to be very, very, very protective of their intellectual property. Um, and in the case of Mario, like they they made demands <laughs> Street Fighter. They made demands. And I would not be surprised if Konami maybe did a little bit of that, too, for this film. It doesn't show very much. Um, and again, maybe that has to do with uh, Silent Hill not really having a like a de facto like mother or father attached to it, like a, a person, like a single person who lords over the whole franchise, like a gatekeeper. Um, but that's another element of the production that is certainly certainly a, an extra wrinkle to things, where you have French director receiving orders from Japanese people above him, <laughs> uh, relaying those orders to actors who are communicating in English from many different countries. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of chaotic. But, you know, after all that bullshit, we still got a decent movie out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, uh, we may as well talk about the acting. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Orion, like, why, why OGs? Why, why is uh, that your reaction? <laughs> it's so I would say it's the one thing. Well, 
it's like the one and a half thing that really um, brought the movie sort of like into that mediocrity, I guess. It brought it down because like everything else was really, really great. And, you know, rewatching it, I thought, wow, this is better than I thought it was. And then they started acting. And boy, did they. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was, the, it's like the... Twin Peaks. Like it's, it's on the level of Twin Peaks kind of acting or um, porn. <laughs> you know, just... Well, the thing, with, the thing with horror movies is I, I think I'm so used to giving actors a pass like you just you it comes with the territory like you don't get your top tier mm-hmm. actors but and when you do get good actors you get like hereditary which is like awesome and you have like really good performances yeah so going into this like it didn't bother me at all like i knew what i was getting myself into it's a video game movie let's see if everything but the acting is good yeah well they had sheen sheen bean and he played <laughs> such a bit part like they yeah. should have like the little they girl was good. Do, I, do more. I thought the little girl was pretty good. For a kid, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, usually kid actors are awful. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, kid actors, I hate them. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah, she, did, she yeah. did pretty good. She did okay. I'll give her that much. She was um, creepy. I think, they asked, I think they asked too much of her. Because that's you know, a lot. Like, she had to play three different characters. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, that's that's a lot to ask of a child. And she, Not only that, like, three diff- different characters. Like, like three different characters, like, two of which are wearing heavy makeup, which yeah. um, I want to say that was what I preferred. Um, when she's being, like, precious little girl, mm, mm, yeah. didn't like See, that. She's, uh, didn't like it. Anytime she said mommy, I was like, mm, no. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I did, yeah, she, they were making her seem younger than she actually was. I thought it was kind of, yeah, kind of strange. Yeah. But no, when she's the evil little one, she was actually really creepy. Like she does a really good job there. Yeah, I think the makeup did her some favors, and I thought that was I thought that was her better angle. Because mm-hmm. when she's being you know precious little girl, it just didn't seem right. It seemed like amped up a bit, and like you said, it did seem like they were portraying her younger than she looked for sure. Um, but Kyle, I wanted to ask you, um, still keeping to the acting, um, <laughs> being as you don't you don't have any like baggage attached to your experience of this film, like you don't have any like references to to silent hill Mm -hmm. you know floating around the back of your head when you're watching it i'm curious what you thought of uh sean bean and uh uh, what's his face kim coates yeah kim coates Uh, the detective guy what what did you think of all those sequences because there's a lot of them a lot of the runtime of this movie is devoted to that and um i know the director actually objected to including those scenes to be honest uh, um, I'm curious, like, if you think you could get away with excising them entirely, or if you liked it. Um, I think it raised more. I it raised a couple more questions than it answered because I, the Kim Coates character, the the cop. I'm like, yeah, like you. It makes sense that you would have this cop trying to like keep the guy off the trail. Like, yeah, something bad happened there. You don't need to be worried about that. But when he comes up in that weird film, which I had a kind of a problem with, like the the film explanation of everything. I thought it was a little silly, and I'm like, it, it felt a little too video gamey. From come come back to okay. it, but I want you to say more about that. Okay, but, but. the uh, when you see Kim Coates, the the cop in the film, I'm like, oh, so there's there's more to this than just this town, because he was, I guess, in some kind of purgatory or limbo as well, but he's not. So it just it was a little confusing to me. Yeah, the internal logic of the film kind of has a little bit of a hiccup there. Mm-hmm. Because you would think that he would be part of the the dream world as well, where he like even though he was an innocent, we've seen act like in that same sequence, we see that it doesn't matter if you're guilty or innocent. If you were yeah. present, 
you get pulled in there. Um, um, so may- maybe the idea was like from a thematic standpoint, his soul, like yeah. his personhood is did, in a form of purgatory because he's still grappling with it. I did like uh, Sean Bean like doing the, sorry, uh, doing the uh, detective work, like trying to figure out what the deal is. And then it was like, uh, kind of felt, it felt like a mixture of uh, House on Haunted Hill and Orphan a little bit. Uh, like the two movies kind of spliced together. <laughs> Uh, Orphan is a guilty pleasure for me. Like, it's that, great. that movie yeah. is trash, but it's great trash. It's mm. lovely trash. <laughs> like, just say that much. I'm not going to spoil it here, but if, if if you can stomach like beautiful trash, go for it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't mind the scenes. I think it actually like for mainstream audiences in particular, it's probably helpful to have like breaks from all the Silent Hill bullshit. Because this movie is pretty intense at times. Like, when it gets violent, like, this seems to be a thing you and you and I have been doing on the show lately, Kyle. We're like, intermittently brutal films. Where it's yes. like, it's not violent all the time, but when shit gets loud, it gets real fucking loud. <laughs> Dude, when Pyramid Head, um, when he it, appears the second time, whew, I was not, I was not expecting that. Dude, I, like I said, I was I was probably like what fourteen in the theater or something. Yeah, that was fu- that was fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh shit, that escalated quickly. Um, but yeah, I I think like from a mainstream standpoint, maybe having those like based in normal reality scenes to break up all the the heavy shit, maybe that would be a little bit of a breather for some folks. It does drag a little bit from time to time. This movie didn't have to be two hours long. Um, I'll say that much, but I like Kim Coates, and I like Sean Bean, and neither of them is like phoning it in. I mean, the the his accent is a little bit distracting, and you know Kim Coates is certainly not from West Virginia. I'll tell you that much. But um, I like both of them, and the kind of having them exploring like the mystery parallel to our actual protagonist, Rod Mitchell. It, it actually was kind of nice. Like, I, I didn't mind it so much. But I did think it was interesting to read that the director actually wanted it to be pretty much 100% a female cast, um, with a strong central theme being uh, based around the idea of motherhood. And personally, I kind of disagree, uh, because I prefer the movie being inundated with weird, esoteric, silent hillisms than having, like, some heavy theme to it or something it's like no just make it weird silent hill bullshit that's why we paid <laughs> like i don't want i don't want to be lectured at i don't want to i don't want to think about silent hill i just want to admire how fucking weird it is and then occasionally have pyramid head show up yeah <laughs> well, i think i think uh, it only got like weird and esoteric when it went, went to silent hill 2 like silent hill 1 was um a little less of all that and more like you know spooky rather than like, <laughs> well this represents that and that represents that like oh come on well I, I think that's actually something neat to bring up because uh, we were talking about this before we recorded that uh, this film ap- actually references pretty much all the Silent Hills up to the time this movie came out so I mm. think I think they had already gotten up to four by then and four is a curious element because if, if I remember right um, and I could be totally wrong. Um, four was one of those games that wasn't intended to be a Silent Hill game. Yeah. And it just became one because they didn't have confidence in the product or something, so they slapped the brand on it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but the interesting thing about the film is that it's 
it probably bears the strongest resemblance to the first game in terms of structure and plot and a lot Story of storyline. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of visual iconography, a lot of it's from two. It is. And, yeah. And the thing that I remember you like having some kind of gripes about, not, not like heavy gripes was that a lot of the monsters that are represented in this film are very I- iconic like, yeah. I, I don't know if we've mentioned him already, but yes, Pyramid Head is in the film. Yeah. Um, he has a couple of glorious scenes in it. Um, yeah. But but in terms of, like, his actual meaning and his actual contribution to the story in Silent Hill 2, in the context of that game, he's there for a reason. Yeah, he, he and, represents something, yeah. Yes, he, he represents something very specific, and it relates to the protagonist of that game, Being who is male. not... Who is not being male, being, being very male, male <laughs> like being the ugliest form of male. Yeah. Um, but that character is not in this film. Mm-hmm. So what what we're left with is an empty pyramid head that is there because he he looks cool. People recognize him. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's fucking pyramid head and he's got a metal knife. <laughs> so, um, but in terms of like his actual meaning, like it's all tossed out the window in favor of you know fan service essentially. I appreciate they did Pyramid Head well. Oh, yeah. They did not like they didn't drop the ball on Pyramid Head, which is which was good because I'm sure that's one of the inputs from the Japanese team was like, you better do Pyramid Head right. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And uh, also the uh, the sexy nurses, which also represented the something very male in the, 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 the second the second game. And um, they were there, which is like not sort of out of nowhere. Like she's yeah, sort of just they're, walks they're basically, into a room. They're basically part of a carnival ride at the end of the movie, where it's yeah. just like, oh, it's like, have we done everything? It's like, no, you know, no. maybe we could shoehorn one extra monster in there. We got a few extra bucks. <laughs> and, they, and they and they included the thing where like in in Silent Hill, if you have your flashlight off, the monsters don't attack you. But you have to walk around without your flashlight on, which is scary. And then that's what she did with the sexy nurses, which was great. And I appreciated that. And it was like, <laughs> oh, he's talking to me again. <laughs> but it's also it's also like the sexy nurses was like a repressed like thing. Him feeling bad about his like dying wife and wanting to like bang the nurse. So like, why are they there? But they're there yeah. because they're cool. Because they're cool. Like yeah. that—that's the long and the short of it. But it's—it's it's just interesting that we have a Silent Hill movie that's just straight up called Silent Hill that kind of like borrows things here and there from all the games, and makes it makes itself its own thing as like a hodgepodge of all the others. And that—and that happens. I mean, it's uh, distilling an IP is is a really interesting process where sometimes you end up with something better than every other iteration of it. Um, just by going back to the drawing board and borrowing all the elements that worked um, yeah. in the past, uh, regardless of what it all means in the end. But um, yeah, Pyramid Head is is done justice in this. Kyle. Like Kyle, what, what did you think of Pyramid Head? <laughs> I wanted more Pyramid Head. I was actually disappointed there wasn't more because I know him. There's... I I just saw a picture of him before I even knew what Silent Hill was. I'm like, I don't know what that dude represents, but he is awesome. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, that's the thing. Like in even in Silent Hill 2, the video game, he doesn't, he shows up like four times, like maybe four times. And that's all you get. But you know he's coming back. But he doesn't do it a lot. And he's not overdoing it. But when he shows up, you, you're you running. 
you, like that's it. He just he's just gonna chase you. But yeah, he doesn't show up a lot, so it's kind of weirdly poignant. I mean, that's that's the best use of your monster is if you overplay the thing. If like um, uh, Octo Man, it's either Octo or Octoman is the example that always comes to mind. So it's it's a Roger Corman movie from back in the day, uh-huh. and it's a it's an octopus man as represented by a man <laughs> wearing a rubber octopus suit, and like. It's an hour and a half of him running around town slapping people with his tentacles. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a scary monster movie, but it's Octoman and he's on like he's on screen the entire fucking movie. <laughs> it's like look, I can't be scared of him because he's in broad daylight for ninety minutes <laughs> slapping people. Like, if you had him like pop out of the shadows two or three times in the movie, maybe then there'd be a sense of dread to it, but if he's just like parading around the town square swinging his tentacles, you know, it, I could see him from a mile away. I just, you know, don't go to town that day and I'll be fine. He's also but, jacked out of his mind. Uh, is, there, is there a gym in limbo or hell or whatever these guys are at? Because he is juiced. What, Kyle? Kyle, what kind of what kind of farts does Pyramid Head have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, he's got dead animal farts. It's not even protein farts. Like he's eating like dead animals, and he's got nasty dead animal protein farts. It's disgusting. See, Definitely. I think those stains on the wall in the in the public school in Silent Hill. It, I think the paint peeling off the walls is probably Pyramid Head. Just like he's probably in one of the stalls that didn't open. He was probably busy. And he just, he kept quiet. Like, he did the thing where you clench. It's like, oh, there's someone here. It's probably <laughs> like, sucking the <laughs> testosterone out of people and their marrow. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, brassy, too. <laughs> <laughs> God. Rusty shits. <laughs> brassy. I like it. No. I like his. Dem- I like the way he walks around. I think he's an awesome. Oh. He's an awesome character. Just him carrying the, uh, like carrying the sword. Dragging and you can hear it. it come. Yeah, I'm like that's awesome. That's actually really badass. Yeah, yeah this like is it's so heavy. It's just like... yeah, even for him, yeah. which says a lot. Um, it's it, he's he cuts an imposing figure, and yeah. yes, he has done justice. Everything about oh. the design in the film looks fantastic. Well, what did you think of the the horn? the air raid siren that's an excellent reference i loved it in the theater especially um that's something um i want to say one more thing about pyramid head and then we can get to the <laughs> okay, sound okay, design okay. Uh, sorry. I, i'm sorry i, I don't, don't want to drag things back. down but but sound is is crucial to silent hill sound is everything Very. Um, and i have a lot to say about that yes, so i don't want to go there just yet but pyramid okay, head okay. um last <laughs> thing i want to focus on and i want you guys to join me on this is uh I've gone on about this before, and Kyle knows he's been in the room for this shit. Like, um, I I obsess about like Godzilla movies, and one thing that's always really crucial to like how good a Godzilla movie is is his entrance. Like, when he first shows mm. up, that's usually like a tone setter. It tells you like, is this going to be a good one? And then <laughs> sometimes it's not. <laughs> but um, I'm curious what you guys thought about Pyramid Head's entrance because. Um, if I remember right, and Orion, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the first time you see Pyramid Head in Silent Hill 2, because uh, that's the game in which he debuted, and then he became part of the Silent Hill broader franchise, and they started oh, yeah. throwing him in games just willy nilly because Pyramid He's probably Head. Probably gonna be the next like uh, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I'm serious, like no no joke. Like I think he may even be in one of those PlayStation All Star games or something as like a oh. summon or something. Oh no. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm not kidding about that. But well, like Konami, boy. some of the later like like the Xbox 360 and like mm. PS3 generation Silent Hill games, if I remember right, they just start started throwing him in stuff just because you know he's cool. Yeah. Um, regardless of what he means, um, that's not terribly important. But if I remember right, in the game, his debut is in the apartment complex, and uh, there's like a barred off area, and he's just kind of standing oh, in the shadows, God, immobile. Dude. <laughs> God, you remember so you just said that and legitimately like the hairs on my arm stood up like <laughs> i remember that and god yeah <laughs> so folks uh if you don't if you didn't get it um his entrance was extraordinarily downplayed and subtle in the game and yet orion got his hairs raising uh so oh, clearly geez. it worked for him um, in this movie, though, uh, his debut is, uh, if I remember right, we have Rada Mitchell kind of like collapsed and in the background, just behind her casually, Pyramid Head just kind of like comes out from behind the corner and he's got a bunch of bugs all over him. He's got all a right. bunch of, like, apparently he just came from the, the set of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser and he's got a bunch of scarabs with him or some shit. Um, what did you guys think of that for his, his big debut? Well, so... You didn't explain his debut in the game, because the debut in the game is the scary part. It's just it's like one. Are of you talking about the cutscene? <laughs> no, 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 not that. No, not, okay. So, so his debut is you're going through this like um, rusted out, funky uh, apartment thing, and you're trying to find a certain room or something. And at the end of this hallway is a cage. Um, blocking you from continuing down the hallway but on the other side is this gigantic guy with a pyramid metal pyramid on his head and a giant sword and he's just standing there looking at you as you're trying to take a left into this place and you're like what the heck is this guy he's just standing nothing you know just standing there you go into the room you do your thing and you come out and when you come out he's gone he's not there anymore and that's it and it's just like, holy crap, where'd he go? So that's why it's so scary, because later on, then he comes out and stuff. But that's what made it so scary, is that he was just there, and then he was gone. And it's like, oh, God, he's coming <laughs> to find me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, I, don't, I don't think they did, did him injustice that way, but they could have done it a little more uh, subtly. Okay, well, Kyle, how about you? Uh, I actually... Because the movie was starting to get a little spooky because we got introduced to our uh, janitor guy uh, already. I'm like, okay, that was a lot of horror. Let's let's slow it down a little bit. So when he comes in, he looks like he's just going to walk past her. I'm like, oh, thank God. I couldn't handle that right now. And then he turns like, fuck. All right. So he's going to he's going to approach her now. So I actually thought it was pretty decent. Uh, I think it was at the right time. Um, How you were describing it in the game, I could see being really creepy. I don't know. You could replicate that in the film pretty well, I would think, but uh, I thought it was effective the way it was done. See, the the whole reason I'm sorry to, I'm sorry I derailed us for so many minutes here, but uh, the whole reason I wanted to bring it up is because I was just curious what you guys would think about instead of having him just show up like that, which actually is kind of neat, being as he has a pyramid for a fucking head. <laughs> you can't see it in expression or eyes. He seems like. He doesn't seem like he's malicious. It's just if you get in his way, he's gonna tear your skin off. Literally, <laughs> like, 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 no, no hard feelings. It's just you, you bumped into me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it's, it's like, stepped it's on like, my dude, sneakers, I was, dude. 
Yeah, I was just I was just taking my coffee for a walk, and y'all bumped into me, and now your skin's on the wall. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's about um, as imposing as a train. It might not be going yeah. fast, but you don't step in front of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like my dad always told me the the bus always wins. But what I was thinking though, when I rewatched the film for this recording, was uh, very shortly after that we get a, a chase scene where Rodda Mitchell's character is like running down the hallways of the school, and she gets to see some some minor dudes get eaten by scarabs with people faces uh weird shit and then she runs into sybil uh, the lady cop um who's from the first game um mm-hmm. not the second one um and they take refuge in like a boiler room so like freddy krueger's back back room basically oh, yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's totally freddy krueger's house and uh i was thinking wouldn't it be cool if instead of having him casually show up like that um you hear his knife grinding on the ground because they shut the door and this the bugs can't get in and it's the two of them she's like checking her pistol and like they, they barred the door they seem safe and what if you just heard the grinding on the floor and then orion and i in the audience are like oh shit i know what that is <laughs> and then the knife comes through the door and then he like tears it open you're like oh that's pyramid head <laughs> Like, more of a grand debut, I guess. I was just curious. But I just thought it was a fun idea. But anyway, we should talk about uh, sound and music. So Orion broached the subject by uh, bringing up the Air Raid Siren, uh, which is a staple of the franchise. Um, If I remember right, throughout almost all the games, every time we transition from, like, the limbo Silent Hill to, like, the nasty Silent Hill, um, the Air Raid is kind of your signal that shit's about to get hairy. Um, and the way it's used in this movie is masterful. Like um, yeah. the first twenty minutes of this movie are my favorite part of it. Um, yep. When um, basically we we have a a car chase. Uh, Sybil is kind of the lady cop is investigating because she basically sees a woman that seems a little bit suspicious with a little girl uh, who's kind of freaking out a bit. Maybe she thinks there's a kidnapping. There is, <laughs> and uh, they go on a little car chase. They get in a car crash, um, and then they end up in like a a foggy like ashen silent hill so it's not it's not full silent hill but it's silent hill um and then that shot of her going down the staircase into the dark um and then the air raid siren and the light completely drops out in the theater that was so awesome like Mm -hmm. because the movie goes completely black and then i think it's lit by her lighter and then the lights come up ever so slightly but when the when the lights are going down with the air raid siren going it's just like oh I know what that means <laughs> and then the movie delivered because um holy shit uh silent hill is rendered so beautifully in this movie like like the sets and like just the atmosphere like it, all the rusty metal panels and the mm-hmm. chain link fences and the weird uh, uh wet garbage bags lining all the walls and stuff and like the perpetual rain uh, it's yeah. rendered really beautifully but uh, the one thing i really wanted to talk about though is just sound like yeah. every every bit of sound engineering and music in this movie is really awesome. Um, did you do headphones on the rewatch? Like, I did mm-hmm. um, because I knew what I was getting into. I've seen this movie probably four times now, and this time around, uh, like Kyle, uh, for folks at home who aren't aware, Kyle's a big advocate for uh, watching horror movies in particular with good quality headphones because it man it makes a big fucking difference. <laughs> it does. If you're not going to see it in the theater and you don't have a good sound <laughs> system, you need good headphones. Oh, yeah. No, the the, the first uh, creature we see in the movie, 
Um, so it's like in the playground area where um, I we talked about this before, but the the whole opening twenty minutes of this movie, our first foray into the like the other world of Silent Hill, is taken like shot for shot from the first game, mm. um, even including the assault from the little uh, creepy children monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in in the first game, if I remember right, they kill you and yeah, you wake you, up you, in a diner. You die, and then yeah, you wake up in the diner with the the lady cop. Yeah, you wake up in a diner and there's like a pterodactyl in there for some reason. Oh, <laughs> like, it comes later, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like I really liked how we yeah. get the, like the, like, probably CGI, but kind of like a helicopter shot of her going into, like, near the area and it's just, like, desolate. There's nothing around. So you get a real sense of, like, oh, she's just out in the middle of nowhere. And I think that really helped kind of build the tension for me as well. It's like, no, I can hear you scream. This is your, you're nowhere. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bone saws ready. <laughs> you going nowhere? <laughs> I got you for well. Uh, uh, plus, like the the uh, the the drop off, the cliff drop off on the on the uh, that also is like one of the one of my favorite things from the games, uh, because it was like, oh, oh, I'm not going, I'm not getting out. Like it's it's like you're stuck here in this town, and like in on the edges of all the maps is that drop off, and I'm glad they included that. I was like, okay. Pretty good, pretty good. I'm I'm really glad they did too. I just didn't like. I mean, this comes back to the faults in the acting. Like nobody reacts to it the way you would expect them to. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, like they also all have giant brass clangers. Like <laughs> she, like just got assaulted uh, by a you know dead guy that crawled out of the porta potty. And then, and then immediately, like uh, a giant pyramid head guy. And then she turns after the everything's over. She turns to the cop and goes, "It's gonna be okay." That was that <laughs> actually like, gets my vote for the worst line in the entire movie. <clears throat> is uh, I think it's I think it's that scene. She says, "We got to You got to calm down right now, because yeah. my kid is not here, and we got to find her." And I'm like, "You, I got to calm down right now. <laughs> like, right like, now, after right all now, this, <laughs> lady." <laughs> and the thing is, like, they obviously, like, you would be, you know, you would be I mean, you know, probably comatose at that it's, point. Like, it's kind of <laughs> all over the place because they do, thankfully, have that one scene right before Pyramid Head gets to her where she does, like, collapse on the ground and is just, like, in the fetal position crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, yeah. it's only the one time, but it needed to be there because, yeah, you see that much fucked up shit. It's like, it's, mm. I'm sorry, I don't care how determined you are, like, it's going to take a toll eventually. But like things like the the world being dropped off, like Sybil's just like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, how about that? <laughs> she's oh. like, well, I guess we're walking back. Like, yeah, lady. She's like, oh, we're gonna have a hike. <laughs> yeah, no joke. That's like well, her reaction what? to it. And then the the weird like no armed uh, tar spitting creature. She's just kind of mm. like, that's strange. <laughs> Get down on the ground. Oh, oh yeah. he's not getting down, dude. Yeah, get down on the ground. Put your hands up. Oh wait, you don't have any arms. Three times <laughs> in the heart. Tastes <laughs> like a trash bag. Yeah, he's but, got acid. He had but, acid oh. blood. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he gave her a good spit of it too. Um, that was kind of neat. I was actually like in the theater. I was like, oh fuck, is her face gonna come off? Not till later. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the point. Like it was like you know, visual storytelling. As so we're planting the seeds for that, we're foreshadowing that that lady's face is gonna come off. <laughs> it's gonna, I want her face off. 
<laughs> but I, I just want to say uh, one thing about the sound was uh, sound. in the opening of the movie. Um, well, not the opening, but the the first scene with all the monsters, all the children that are kind of like ashen and burning. Um, if I remember right, uh, the advanced trailers of the movies, the the uh, the special effects may not have been done or something because they didn't have the burn marks on them in the trailers. Um, but besides that, the the one thing that really jumped out at me in the theater, especially, was uh, the screech that that child lets out when it when she first notices it. Oh fuck! In the theater, that was terrifying. It was so goddamn loud. It was like Dark Knight Rises shotgun loud, or like <laughs> Dark Knight rather. Um, and again with the headphones, uh, it got me again. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> um, well, I, but, go ahead, oh, sir. Oh, I was about to say like the I I really like the uh, when you first when she was like falling through the little girl into the um, into that stall. And then there, she heard crying, and it turned out it wasn't the girl, little girl in the stall. It was that like tied up guy. That was pretty good. I was like, oh, okay, good job. Good job. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> it's just like the little girl, like, <laughs> and then it's like not the little girl. Good job. Well, one, one of my favorite aspects of the movie is it's kind of unfair to the movie, but um, the soundtrack, uh, the mm. score for this is lifted directly from the games. Like almost every piece of music, if not all of it, is from all of the games not just the first one but like the cool. entire series the first one would be like just like a, a washing machine with some barbed wire in it like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a lot of industrial like kind of abstract music yeah and whatnot. but um the the real shepherd for the the whole franchise like like i said there's no real director that like owns silent hill like konami owns the ip but there's no like person you can point to but the real person that really connects it all is the composer uh, mm. his name is akira yamaoka and he composed all of them as far as i know or at least all the good ones um, <laughs> and he's a masterful composer um and i even like the songs like the the song that plays over the end credits is i think from the third game um and the second one in particular uh, being as i have played that game front to back i can tell you that much the soundtrack for that is fantastic and uh, it's put to really good use in this movie. Um, yeah. In particular, like whenever uh, there's like detective work being done and they're like tracking down the girl, there's a piano melody that plays that's really lovely. And um, even like the opening scene when she's driving to Silent Hill with her daughter, like the song that's playing on the radio is from the games. I was like, shit, that's cool. And I guess the composer served as like kind of like a liaison between Konami and the production like he was he was like the supervising element like making sure like uh, pyramid head needs uh, this biceps you got to get one more inch on those man <laughs> like like no joke that's the kind of bullshit that these movies have to put up with like i remember reading about wreck it ralph like capcom and nintendo were button heads they were like dude bowser's got to be bigger than zangief <laughs> it's like what that's true it's like i mean Bowser's bigger than Zangief. I, I will not take no for an answer. <laughs> like, if you want <laughs> Bowser in your fucking video game movie, I don't care if you're the Disney Corporation. Bowser's bigger than Zangief. I can see. <laughs> I can see uh, Nintendo being very, uh, uh, very strict about their property, or like, especially if it's Mario. It's like this is our flagship. This is this is Nintendo. So you do not tarnish this name or this character. I can definitely see them being, <laughs> yeah, very very mean about it. But Silent Hill, I feel like you're right. Like I don't know if they. I'm sure they did 
kind of uh, metal in a little bit, but it doesn't seem like it would be as much. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, this doesn't this doesn't stink of a of a production that was tampered with. But. I'm sorry. What did you think? Go ahead. Of them stripping that one character into two characters. Uh, which are you I talking about? Didn't like the um. So in the in the first game, the cult leader was also the mother of um the the little girl. Okay. But they stripped it. The cult leader wasn't the mother. The mother was the the old lady. And so they took that one character and they put her into two, which I don't really understand why they did that. I don't either. Um, especially because when you take a second to think about the resolution of this film, like she's spared from the horrible things that happen, but she's still in limbo. She's like double fucked. <laughs> like, she got a she got an even worse fate. Having seen a couple of Japanese films and some Japanese horror films, uh, I don't think American audiences were quite ready to see a girl, a burnt girl, a burnt woman in a bed. Um, uh, throw barbed wire up her mother's area and have it come out and explode her. Yeah, I, I think maybe I it's called hoo-ha. I think we needed a villain for that. Like it's not the mom; it's a different person. I think it would have been a bit much. Um, I, okay. I, I I'm inclined to agree with you, Kyle. Like uh, like okay. you know, every wrestling match needs a, a black hat and a white hat, and you know, it may be wise to to separate that. Have it's like you know, <laughs> but um, speaking of which, um, Japanese films. Uh, so this movie, um, I mentioned that Christoph Gans uh, has worked with Japanese source material before. Um, Crying Freeman is a manga adaptation from the 90s. Um, so seems to have an affinity for that. Um, one thing that I thought was really strange about this movie, and this comes back to something Kyle started to talk about that I, we do need to talk about, is uh, a lot of this reminds me of uh, Ringu, or The Ring. <laughs> um <laughs> the the core plot being about you know basically a like a curse or a or a, a psychic manifestation brought on by trauma or or severe like anger mm. or, or rage of some sort um in in the ring it was you know a lot of negative psychic energy kind of like put into a, a video cassette essentially um and in this we have a like we get a movie within a movie where it's it's like uh, the end of Evangelion where it's the congratulations ending <laughs> where, where um, she gets to the the hospital room uh, underneath Silent Hill the screen goes white everybody starts clapping for Shinji congratulations <laughs> and then then we the audience get to watch along with her a short film within a film yeah. showing how things came to be in Silent Hill and Kyle it sounded like you had some thoughts on that yeah i <sighs> I don't want to say it was lazy, but it. I don't like that way of explaining, personally. Like, it, 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 it just seems too easy. Like, there, I, I don't know how you did. You need to go that in depth on it. Um, and if so, was there a better way of doing it? I don't know. It's just how I felt about it. It could have easily been Sean Bean that finds all this stuff out, uh, and has it. Somebody tells him this instead of showing us a movie within a movie it it's still pretty like yeah. neat what they do like it's like holy shit they just burned this girl alive holy crap i think it would have been more effective if we kind of had maybe pictures or we have somebody tell the story that was just me personally though okay yeah, yeah I, I could see that for sure um 
it, it does feel a little bit lazy in that the movie literally grinds to a halt and we just like <laughs> watch him yeah. it's like a cut scene. it's like literally a, a fmv from a from a 90s you know video game it made me think of house on haunted <laughs> hill the remake the where they show the old footage of the crazy people taking over the the house i think the only I, I i'm not sure if i agree with the presentation like maybe it had to do with censorship too though because um, like you said they do set a little girl on fire um yeah. and maybe putting it through filters helped a little bit with getting past some sensors who knows um but <laughs> okay from a from a from a from a character standpoint though um it actually does kind of make sense to to have that information be guarded um because kim Coates's character detect i love his name gucci <laughs> Detective Gucci. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it just makes me laugh when Sean when Sean Bean says Gucci. <laughs> he doesn't call him Detective. He just calls him a Gucci. <laughs> but um, the way his demeanor, uh, Detective Gucci, who was present for the event, like we're talking in circles around it, but basically, um, a little girl gets burned as a witch because uh, she's a bastard, basically, in a really crazy conservative town. Uh, no religious affiliation, <laughs> but it's like a cult of some sort. Um, anyway, oh, the girl gets Jesus. Uh, the director himself said they're 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 not supposed to be any particular denomination. Like he was yeah. trying to cover his own ass, but they do quote some scripture, so he kind of fucked up. <laughs> he tried, yeah, but, but a... he did he did fuck up. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, anyway, a girl gets uh, set on fire in a hotel. Uh, the fire goes out of control. Everybody in the room dies, um, and the girl somehow magically survives. Um, and her her hatred towards them, her need for revenge, is what gives way to uh, the creation of Silent Hill, the the other world. So she pulls everyone around her into a limbo dimension, basically, so she can keep them there until she gets a, gets a chance to kill them her way, um, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, what I was talking about with Gucci is that he was present for that. His hands were burnt in the incident because I guess he pulled her from the fire. Um, and it actually is consistent with his character to have him constantly telling Sean Bean to back the fuck off while he's trying to investigate. And he never actually tells him anything. Like He he tells him a little bit. Like He says a bad thing happened here. Somebody was burned or whatever. But he doesn't give him any more details than that um, because he's very, very, very guarded about it. Like He treats it as like a small town politics kind of thing it's like we don't we don't share that with other people like that's our business um but yeah i kind of agree with you it could have been done better but um i guess to kind of usher things towards the end here uh, we may as well talk about that fucking finale because <laughs> uh in the theater i was like okay i was getting flashbacks of the first time i saw akira when i was like five or whatever and you know Tetsuo is freaking out in the in the Tokyo oh. Dome or whatever in the Olympic Stadium, and I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, and I hate to say it, but this this isn't a Japanese film. It it probably has a lot of Japanese money invested in it and a lot of Japanese creative minds at work within it. But a lot of, but a lot of like high budget Japanese animation ends this way, <laughs> where it's just like the entire world turns into this weird apocalyptic vision for five minutes, and yeah. then everything's pretty chill 
I think it. I, I think it'd be safe to say the director has dabbled in some uh, anime. I think he's probably seen a thing or two, and I think there might have been oh, a yeah. few nudges because the barbed wire, the barbed wire stuff. I'm like, okay, this is uh, we're crossing the line here, guys. <laughs> this is pretty messed yeah, up. Yeah, and and even the organ music that's playing over the scene again kind of reminded me of a few anime that I've seen. Not not so much. Well, Akira has the weird uh, choir going. The do da. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure he's seen some of the stuff I've seen, but um, yeah, what did y'all think of that finale? Like any, any I, thoughts? I like feelings. They, well, they made her the final boss. Like she was yeah. taken directly from from uh, uh, the first game. She was the end boss in the in the in the. Um, wasn't the, wasn't it like a winged demon in the first one? And the second after one you threw water, the red water on her. But it, before um, that, she's in the bed like with things coming out of it like oh. she's directly from the first game okay okay yeah. so we get we get two hospital bed bosses uh back to back in the silent hill franchise because isn't that the final boss first of the one. second one too like am I, uh the am i mixing them up you might be i don't know well, <laughs> anyway I, there's a final boss <laughs> in a hospital bed in a silent hill if not two <laughs> Uh, well, I think she's definitely pulled directly from the game. I might be mixing, mixing, mixing them up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I I really liked the like it was visually like badass when she rises up out of that, and then and then the the, the barbed wire is just like flowing. Oh, it's pretty dope. Pretty cool. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty metal. It's like yeah it's metal like, dude you could you could put parts of this movie like you could splice it up and put it over a black metal song i actually know one that you yeah could put for it over. sure like it's i, I know what done. shot you would use for the album cover too um it's a uh, it's one the evil version of the little girl is climbing the ladder up towards the camera with the fire pit below her and the barbed wire tentacles enough, everywhere dude, dude trevor not metal not, enough that's not metal enough man dude these guys get <laughs> creative with their album covers they are way darker than that man yeah okay so that's like german german metal where you're talking more like norwegian i'm talking yeah i'm talking the dudes that live up in the cold places that nobody wants to live in (laughs) okay but kyle what did you think of the scene like like did you you approve did you find it like puzzling in any way (laughs) i thought that i puzzling no uh I just went along for the ride. Like that, that's kind of what I felt about this movie. That's why I didn't take notes. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy this. Let's just see what happens. This is pretty badass. Uh, I like their system of burning people. <laughs> it's like they burn oh, the one, yeah. They burn the one, and then they're just moving over to the other side, and they're gonna bring the next one over. <laughs> like, this is very efficient. They really oh. thought this through. Uh, clearly, they've done it before, yes. and uh, they've worked out the kinks. Uh, their the workflow, is, their workflow is Amazon approved. We need to reduce the number of touches in our burnings. <laughs> See, th- that was also pretty rough the way they did it. Yeah, like it was slow, brutal. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Uh, yeah, Kyle. As far as uh, on-screen burnings go, where would you rate this? This is what's that movie? Do- was it Doomsday that we did? Yes. Yeah, yes. I'd say that it's below that. I think Doomsday was pretty disgusting. Green Inferno's got a pretty good one, but I don't. I can't remember if he was alive in that one. But this is pretty. It was pretty unsettling. I was very like not happy with it. Like, <laughs> it I thought it was pretty bad. Um, I do think that the girl coming up out of the hell pit 
on the bed was really it was really badass oh, and i liked so good i liked all the exploding uh barbed wire stuff i'm like this is actually really satisfying this is where you could have had your final pyramid uh man come in because now she has access to the church here's where you have that sliding sound just coming out of nowhere and then he just starts oh. just squishing people See, that would be really awesome because it would be like one of those things where it's like, okay, the gates of hell just opened mm-hmm. up. Alice Kreese just got bisected after getting some wires up her hoo-ha. Yeah. Um, quite fitting being as she was kind of a shit heel in this movie. She's great at that, though. Like, <laughs> um, breaking but... loose in Imagination Land on South Park. Yeah, it's just all, all <laughs> the villains from all the movies just come out. But imagine imagine that scene playing out, and then just when you think it's as bad as it can get, Pyramid Head just kind of casually strolls in mm-hmm. and starts, you know, going the mountain on people. And or what, isn't that what the mountain does to people in Game of Thrones? Uh, just like treats people like sacks of tomatoes. They have a couple <laughs> of scenes with him. His his scenes are usually fighting, but uh, he has one scene where he's just like they just have a, he just has a pit where he's just got a giant sword and he's just like yeah, just take TCOB today, just. Just killing people, just executing people. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really neat that you mention that because uh, in doing a little bit of research, apparently that was the plan. Mm. Um, because uh, Orion knows this, uh, the second to last boss, I think, in Silent Hill Two is two pyramid heads. Um, two. If I remember right, two, 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 two wars. We have a- huh. <laughs> uh, So we we uh. We have two pyramid heads, and if I remember right, um, sometimes he's an optional boss. Like, you can run away from him sometimes, but in that encounter, I think you got to fight both of them. Um, and I guess the original intended ending of this movie, uh, written by the director himself, was he wanted, I think, like four pyramid heads to show up in the church That's too much. and just start wrecking, like, just smashing people. <laughs> um, apparently, it was not uh, within their budget, and apparently, he, uh, he did not do the uh, directorly duty of on time and on budget. Uh, he went over time uh, on the production, so they're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, just have have a girl show up with some barbed wire and get shit done. We, we got to get this done today. Wrap no more up. pyramid. <laughs> yeah, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> but I, I, I'm fine with what we got. It, it's it's twisted. Okay, and yeah. um, as far as, like, you know, medium budget... Uh, movies based on pre-existing ip uh this movie is incredibly violent and grim uh by most standards and uh, yeah the the violence does not let up uh in this finale here uh it would have been nice to have a few more on-screen kills but there there are pieces of people littering the floor by the end Mm. of the sequence and it's pretty grisly like it's some hellraiser shit well i mean (laughs) pyramid head did like rip that one girl's skin off and throw it against a church door like, i think i think that and the burning are probably the two most grisly moments the the skin rip is particularly like it it, it surprising. gets it gets a lot of yeah it gets a lot of extra credit for being surprising where it's like i never in a million years would i expect that to be what happens like yes he has her he's getting ready to choke slam or whatever and then he strips her naked for a couple seconds you're like I don't uh, know what we're doing anymore, but I don't like it. <laughs> I, I know what Pyramid Head. I know how. He, I know how you operate, Pyramid. Oh, Pyramid Head, Yeah, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> but apparently, I didn't because he just like he grabs a wad of her oh, chest. Of her chest, yeah. He grabs oh. a wad of a woman, <laughs> and he just, he just casually strips her skin off. But then the realizing on the cake is he throws her. <laughs> he throws it against Boom. the church yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's not like a it's not like a rage like it's not like a, it's not like he's doing it with malice it's just kind of like, like a, a fuck get out you of here. just like fuck, <laughs> get out of here <laughs> fuck you yeah. fuck go you. get your fucking shine box yeah he's it's not yeah. exactly it's, it's it's like a yeah whatever, whatever dude yeah it's just a casual this toss of tuesday against the door that was good that was excellent. Because like, you weren't yeah, ready for that. You burn. didn't know that was going to happen. That just happened out of nowhere. That was excellent. Yeah. I mean, I'm just expecting him to be doing this to all the bugs. Be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys see that? Yeah, you see that? You see what I did to that chick? Uh, what about the What about the ending? Oh, the... Oh, the, the what a twist? Us? Um, That's the ending of Us. It's like the same thing. Sorry, spoiler alert a, if you haven't seen Us. <laughs> it, it's kind of a fart in the wind at that point you're i hate to say it but you're kind of like tapped out given how intense things were up until then and then we get these last couple minutes where uh i believe we exit the church um via mother cradling uh she gets her daughter back by the way um, (laughs) who is not an actual human being but rather like the good element of the girl who was burned that was purged because she traded her in for silent hill powers she's the god of vengeance i guess sure yeah there's like three, <laughs> three of them right there's like evil one it's, yeah there's the one, one and good one i think it's too heavy it's a bit heavy to or call her devil? evil she's the malicious is it one the devil <laughs> yeah she's she's angry yes. is what she is like she's got beef with the town um but yeah she she calls herself the devil and apparently the director took umbrage with that um because that he didn't mean it literally he's like no she's not she's not Not satan Satan. fuck off with that (laughs) what he meant was she she's like evil like she's She's, the evil element or the dark she's the dark side of a person like a specific person so we have the the devil the good side and the dark he was really adamant about trying to tell people it's not a fucking christian thing (laughs) like i don't don't fuck with religion (laughs) but why'd you put crosses all over your movie and quote scripture he's like i'm french piss off (laughs) (laughs) it's like even when she's like doing the silent hill she's like when right at the beginning where she's like he'll sleepwalking there's the pit down, and then yeah. there's a the cross over there. It's just like, why are you doing that? Stop it. Oh, that was really deliberate, too. Where yeah, it's like it the whole like, family embracing, and you can see you like a, a lit up like cross in the background, like hovering and, above and them. The pit. Yeah. 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 It, 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 yeah. It was deliberate. He fucked up. On the nose. Yeah. He, he knows he fucked up. He just won't fess up to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the ending is like, mm. I think uh, mother and daughter are like embracing. She's like, repeating like it's all a dream just shut your eyes it's like i just saw a woman split in half <laughs> it's like nope it's a dream shut up and uh the dark side of her like looks her in the eye and uh then like she shuts her eyes and uh we wake up and it's like foggy silent hill so it's like not hell silent hill it's just normal shitty silent hill. <laughs> um and then they get in the car and it starts up this time and they drive off, and the road actually connects to the world, and we get, I think, like a little moment of tension where it, it seems like uh, I don't know if the road's gonna be there, and then it is. But then we see that like everywhere they go, like past like gas stations and stuff, is still ashen and foggy, like Silent Hill was. And she calls uh, Sean Bond, Scene Bean, and uh, he gets static, and uh, 
needs to be said, I like that when we first enter Silent Hill, they did do a reference to the games where your radio is your radar in the games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where when bad things are nearby, your radio goes static. Um, and like the flashlight, you can choose to turn it off if you so please. Um, but when she calls him, it's all static. And she's like, we're coming home. Like, I, I just went to hell and back and we're coming home. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the ending reveal is that they get home. Um, and he's like snooping around the house and we see that they're apparently still in some alternate dimension. So like they're purg- so like Silent Hill level. is everywhere now for them. Whoa. And he's like, ah. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, cue melancholy pop song. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't super like it. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's like it's a way to end the movie, but I didn't really need it to be a catch ending. Like if they really wanted to like go full Silent Hill, they could have done the UFO ending oh, <laughs> or the dog ending. So but Kyle, there's many alternate endings to the games, and one thing that's been consistent across all of them is uh, if you complete some like prerequisites throughout the game, um, you can get abducted by aliens. Okay. And the story just kind of goes off the rails and, and the game ends. <laughs> and uh, also there's an ending where you can discover that there's a puppet master controlling everything in Silent Hill. That's a, a Shiba Inu. <laughs> oh, yeah, like kind of like the, the wizard of Oz, like behind the curtain. Mm. It's, it's a like, dog. Ah. It's like, yeah, working, <laughs> working some mechanical leaders. <laughs> it's like, I mean, in today's day and age, you know, that would be your post credit scene. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like Marvel movie style. Um, I don't know. What did you think, Kyle, about the ending? Uh, it it didn't really make a lot of sense to me because uh, you have your three different. You have when Sean Bean and uh, the cop are going through the town, and it's like just normal, like it's just what you would expect an abandoned town to look like. And then you have the Silent Hill, uh, ashy part, and then you have hell, like you have that actual hell part. So I thought it was weird. Like so, I guess she never lost. I guess you can call the ashy one limbo. I suppose, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and then yeah. the nightmare is, is hell. So I kind of just took it as now is she just going to stretch this nightmare all over the world? Is that the end game, or is she just going to kind of live in this limbo with her? I just wasn't really sure what the end game was. Yeah, well, there there could be an answer to this, but I'm not prepared to find it because um, this movie does have a sequel that does apparently involve some of the same characters, and it's called Silent Hill Revelation. And I've heard it's really, like, legit bad. Um, not like this one that is generally thought of as one of the better video game movies. I agree. Um, but I just have not found it within myself to check out that sequel. Um, Christoph Gans didn't come back for it, for sure. If he did, I would check it out. But, um, yeah. no, I've heard it's nothing but awful. And I noticed a couple of things this during this viewing because I was kind of, like, paying more attention than I, I have previously uh, there's a couple of shots of the of the two little girls of uh, the evil one and the the adopted one, like the more like the pure good one or whatever. Um, when uh, when the good one is leaving the church, we see that uh, uh, the woman, uh, the mother of the girl that was burned. I'm I'm kind of fucking up the names here. <laughs> anyway, she's been a presence throughout the film. She's kind of like kind of a haggard woman that's been running around claiming that uh, the girl that's been running around town is her daughter because they look exactly the same. And apparently she was hiding the girl at some point too and concealing her from her adopted mother. 
Um, so she's all traumatized uh, because her daughter was burned and whatnot, and she was part of the same cult. Um, she was spared um, from the barbed wiring, <laughs> and she's still in the limbo state um, while everyone else was killed. Um, and there's just this one shot where the little girl, the, the pure soul version, is she kind of like shoots the old woman a weird look. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because like, <laughs> you think it's the little girl, but it's actually the bad one or whatever. Could be. I I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm not leaning too heavy into that, but it was a strange look that had its own camera angle. It was a very deliberate mm. thing to slip into the edit. And then on top of that, when they get into the car, I noticed. She's uh, like, yes, uh, the little girl hops into the back seat, um, and uh, she like closes her eyes, like she like takes a nap like right away and then as soon as the car starts up though her eyes snap open so it's like uh silent hill was referred to as a dream like the limbo version of the town was referred to as alessa's dream like her nightmare basically yeah so maybe that's what we're doing she made a dream within it she inceptioned some shit i don't know (laughs) it doesn't really matter it's kind of a flat weird ending uh, to mm-hmm. an otherwise really dynamic and kind of gorgeous movie at times, um, but it sounds like you know, it sounds like we didn't have a whole lot bad to say about it other than some stilted line deliveries. <laughs> yeah, and again, video game movie. I'm not gonna hold that against them. What are you gonna do? I'm glad yeah. you can. I'm glad you can do that, Kyle. Because like, <laughs> like there's some people that would would not be able to get past details like that where it's like, ooh. <laughs> I think what it, I mean, you feel it. <laughs> I was say I think what it does well kind of outweighs that. I think that there's enough here to appreciate that that I can let that go. That's not that big a deal. Oh yeah, and I think the way I have pitched it to you because we've been talking about doing this one for a while now. Like, yeah, I, I think the way I pitched it to you. I'm sorry, I stopped watching. I realized why I stopped watching it. I got to those babies. I'm like, this is this is starting off pretty good. Then I got to the the, the first wave of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not today. I'm, <laughs> I don't know about this. I didn't push through. Had I pushed through, I definitely would have finished the film. But yeah, there was that first wave of evil things. I'm like, I'm like the CGI is off. These things aren't even that creepy. I'm like, I don't have time for this right now. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, wrong wrong time. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm glad we finally got around to this because we had been talking about it for a while. And I think the way I pitched it to you was like, it's it's very much an aesthetic experience where it's like, it, yeah. Pay attention to the visuals and the the shot compositions and the camera movements and the the sound Feeling. in particular. Yeah, lo- no, treat it more as a feel look in a feel movie rather than like a cohesive story. I love good atmosphere. If you can build a good good atmosphere, like that's half the battle. Like for a horror movie, like I can enjoy just that. That's why the others sucked a lot. <laughs> that movie is awful. <laughs> it it's funny because that movie has a really really good reputation, and when I I didn't learn about that until like a few years ago and i saw that movie when it was brand new and that's how i've always felt about it i was like what people like this it's, movie? yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself yeah well i mean i want to say like there are more horror movies made every year than any other genre so you know there's there's gonna be hits and misses there's always gonna be something new so you know yeah can't get hung up on you know the shit yeah <laughs> but um there's a lot. Any, any uh closing thoughts for anyone uh yeah i think you'd probably mad at me if i didn't tell the one story about my brother if you want to end it on that absolutely so like i said it scarred us for life uh my older brother once we grew up he became a cop and when you live in a small town 
what a lot of people don't know is a lot of times they'll they'll do a bell or a uh, some sort of signal at 6 a.m. and 12 a.m. And that happened to be uh, the small town he's living in, a air raid siren. So him being called, he got he gets called to um, an alarm at a at a storage facility at around 6 a.m., which is nice and dusky. So, oh, near 6 a.m., which is nice and dusky. And that day just happened to be foggy. So he goes to this storage facility, gets out, and he has his radio, and he has his light, and he has his gun, and he goes to check these lockers, and it's foggy, and it's sort of dark, and then immediately... There's a, a air raid siren, and I get a call around about 6.01 a.m., and I get woken up, and my, it's my brother. And he's like, hey, man, I just really needed to talk to someone right now. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and so he explained this all to me, and he, he actually just wanted to talk to me on the phone to, like, you know, assuage his fears from he legitimately got scared at that point because of Silent Hill. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Maybe I just uh, I just I just put I just put two clips into a possum. Uh, call me back. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, keep that out of the report. <laughs> what? Like, like, did you ever see the picture? Uh, yeah, he had his Silent Hill. That's moment. pretty cool. I would be scared shitless. Yeah, in, in that moment after watching this movie, and I could see being scared from the games, just like shaking, <laughs> shaking through the warehouse. <laughs> but uh, did you see the guy that went out like early in the morning? Like it was one of those mornings. It was just super foggy, and he just happened to have like the cosplay for uh, Pyramid Head. And he just stood out, and someone like snapped a picture of him. He was just standing out in the roadway. It was chilling. Oh. It was really creepy. Oh, I, that yeah. would freak yeah. me out uh, for yeah. sure. Would, would freak me out. <laughs> yeah, then you would call your brother and be like, "You think hey, that was bad? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pyramid heads in Fremont." <laughs> hey man, I just needed to call you. Just saw pyramid head. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for sharing that, Orion. Yes, <laughs> that was That's really good. cool. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that about wraps it up for Silent Hill, thanks uh, for having 2006, me. <laughs> uh, directed by Christoph Guns. Of course, thank you so much for joining us, Orion. Um, hopefully, we can have you back again sometime soon because this was a lot of fun. It's been a long time coming. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if you, the audience, would like to catch up on any of our catching up on cinema content. Uh, please look us up at our website at catchinguponcinema.com. There you can find all of our episodes. That would be over 100 episodes of podcasts and whatnot. Um, and we're also available on pretty much any podcasting service you can imagine. So Google us. Um, and if you'd like to get in touch with us for whatever reason, we do have a couple of social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at Catching Up on Cinema, as well as a Twitter at Catching Cinema. Uh, so feel free to hit me up there if you so please. Uh, but that being said, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you next time.